Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, it's your favorite throwback podcast hosts, Jessica Bennett and Susie Banacaram, here to announce a new season of our show, In Retrospect which means a whole new batch of episodes diving into the pop culture moments we love and love to pick apart. From the dethroning of the first black Miss America to the legacy of a lesbian joke from four caftan-loving Golden Girls. Listen to In Retrospect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Do you ever wonder why they go after the kids? I, I know you've said these things to yourself. I, I certainly have had my moments where I've said these things to myself, too. When you look at all the filth going on in America today, and we'll get to all that in just a second, when it comes to children, you look at this, or this takeover of this movie, or this teacher, or this doctor, or this, that, and you, you find yourself saying to either to yourself, maybe to your husband or, or wife, or whoever it may be, you find yourself, the kids... Why the kids? Why can't they just leave the kids alone? Hey, I don't understand. Why don't they leave the kids alone? Oh, I didn't care about this, but they're after the kids. Why why won't they leave the kids alone? Why won't they leave the kids alone? Because you have a value system. You have a value system. You can't understand, or it's hard for you to understand the minds of an evil person who does not. The communist. Why is he always after the children? Why won't he just leave the kids alone? He would never dream of leaving the kids alone. 
for two different reasons. One, as you just saw in all those quotes, he understands full well somebody needs to be purposeful with your children. He doesn't want it to be you. What, what are you going to teach them? Hard work? Values? Right and wrong? Don't lie? Don't steal? The communist, the communist needs them not to be any of those things. He needs them to lie, steal, have no moral compass whatsoever. Because you don't look at other people's kids that way. It's hard for you to simply accept the communist looks at your children as something that should belong to him. That's how he looks at kids. That's how he looks at your kids. Remember, personalize this. This doesn't take place with other people's kids. I have two sons. There's nothing American communists would love more than to take my sons away from me and educate them to hate me, hate themselves, and hate their country. They're after the kids on purpose. In fact, while you're sitting there saying, why don't they leave the kids alone? The communist is sitting there saying, I would never even consider leaving the kids alone. The kids are the most important thing. The most important thing. Remember, I've showed it to you before. Nickelodeon. It's just one example. I mean, we could go into Disney, we could go into anything, but let's focus on Nickelodeon here, specifically marketed to kids. Nick Jr. and whatnot. Well, Nickelodeon, I'm only going to play you about eight seconds of this because it's so disgusting. After they got blasted, they had some ad out about trans kids, and I love trans stuff, and we played it for you before on the show. It's really disgusting. I'm not playing it for you again. They got blasted, right? Blasted by you, blasted by me. I mean, I put them on blast across the country about that. They heard, for sure. But believe me, the emails at Nickelodeon, they were blowing up. What did they do? Did they back off? Did they say, whoa, the people were mad about that? Oh, maybe we were out of line? Well, here's the latest and greatest. This little show you're about to see very briefly, sponsored by Nickelodeon. I hear people say this a lot. When it comes to the drag shows and the trans shows and things like that, I hear people say, again, the same thing we just talked about. Okay, uh, someone wants to do that, but why bring the kids in? They would never consider leaving the kids out. They don't have your value system. Until you accept that you're dealing with a new kind of evil here, you'll never get what we're going against. Why, why won't they leave the kids alone? They would never consider leaving the children alone. The children are everything to them. And I talked just a minute ago about how they want to take my kids away from me so they can educate them to hate themselves, hate me, hate their country. Remember, remember, all communism is is the search for society's malcontents. You find the people who are malcontents in the society. You find the cracks in the society. If, if society's a big boulder, you find the cracks. You pour water in it. You freeze it. You break the boulder apart. All communism is, is finding the malcontents and going to them. So that's why the religion itself is so evil and has killed so many throughout history because the whole basis of the religion is everything sucks. Everything's evil. America's evil. Well, they've admitted several times on camera that they believe they should be the ones educating their children. They have these moments now. They believe it so much, they have these moments where they forget to lie about it. You remember it cost Terry McAuliffe the governor's race in Virginia when he stood up on stage and basically said, I don't, parents don't need to be educating their own kids. And, and just 
That moment of honesty cost him, but that's how they feel. Project Veritas, like they so often do, got some great undercover video. And as you look at the video of this turbo freak who educates kids, don't be under the impression this is some kind of one-off. If we wanted to, if we had time to, I could play you nothing but an hour of communist after communist after communist in America on video saying things basically just like this. This is what they believe. Trust me, I want to like burn down the entire system. I have a rather large TikTok following. I'm, a, I'm an authority figure, so I'm going to give out a Christmas message of like, hey, if your parents don't love and support you for who you are this Christmas. Yeah. Them. I'm your parents now. I love you. Drink some water. Proud of you. I'm your parents now. And let's have another frank talk. And people get so uncomfortable and offended by this. Good. You should you should hear uncomfortable thoughts and offensive thoughts. You ready for this? Ready to be offended? Uh, you should be very suspicious of people who choose to be school teachers. Now, there are a bunch of wonderful school teachers. I had a bunch of them. I know we have a bunch who watch the show. So if it doesn't apply to you, don't apply it to you. But that human being right there with the weird aqua hair or whatever that was and the finger, painted fingernails and things like that, why do you think that dude chose to be a school teacher? As a parent, you walk in a classroom, oh, Jesse, this is judgmental. Yes, I judge. As a parent, you walk in a classroom and you see that human being has sought out the teaching profession. Your alarm bells in your head should be going ding, 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 ding. That is a gigantic red flag when that human being there teaches kids. Because do you really believe that person chose to go into the teaching of profession simply so he could teach your kid algebra? Or did that person go into the teaching profession with a purpose, with a religious purpose? purpose to spread what he believes to your child to break them away from you you already know the answer these people are purposeful the people who choose to dig into child education yes many are saints many are the height of evil speaking of project veritas you remember this assistant principal in connecticut i can't get past the parents what do you mean so the parents feel as though it's their responsibility to shape the schools, which then shape the kids. Right. So because I can't get past the parents, do I really have as much of an influence as on the kids as I want? I try in my own way, teaching them how to think. That's it. Doesn't matter what they think about it. If they think about it in a logical, progressive way, that becomes their own. Like, a, so you kind of like do it onto thinking a more liberal way. Mm-hmm. I believe the, the whole point of the more progressive teachers are actually more savvy about delivering like, a democratic message without really ever mentioning politics. It's subtle. They'll never say, oh, this is a liberal or democratic way of doing this. They'll just make that the norm. This is how we handle things. And it's subtle. And, and that's how you get away with it? That's how you get away with it. I could spend an hour playing you these videos. You will either accept reality or you will not. 
so many of the people who've gone into America's education have gone into it because they believe the quotes we played you at the beginning of this segment with all those communists. They didn't go into it to teach your little Aiden, Jaden, and Braden how to read or do ABCs or teach them history or teach them math or let's do chemistry today. They were very purposeful with teaching your children, with going into a field where they could teach your children to hate you and hate themselves and most importantly, hate their country so they can grow up to be good little communist activists who will spend every waking moment on a religious quest to destroy the United States of America. They are after the kids, and it is not accidental, and it's not a new thing. Since the invention of communism, this is what they have done. This is what they have always understood. We need the kids. Give us the kids. They're after your children, not someone else's, yours. Let's make sure we understand that. We have a psychologist joining us next. Just going to talk to her about some of this stuff. Hang on. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. They're pushing it on your kids. That's the thing about the society we have and all the insanity out there. It's not just that it exists. It's that they insist your children embrace it and conform to it. That's how insidious and evil all this stuff is. You have companies, I mean, it's way beyond Vox, but you have companies like Vox putting out articles, what's so scary about a transgender child? Keep in mind, I don't mean to be too graphic, I know we have families watching and children watching. Keep in mind, we're talking about chopping off body parts of children. I, I don't care that it's done by a doctor with a white lab coat, that's barbaric. Joining me now, Catherine Coleman, clinical and public safety psychologist. Catherine, why kids? Okay, someone wants to be trans or something like that. I, I get it. Why did it go from that to the kids have to do it? Why kids? Well, kids are so vulnerable and they are easily manipulated, right? I mean, they have growing brains and their brains are incredibly, they have a lot of plasticity, which means that they take in information, they can be molded molded and shaped in so many different ways and so if you can hit kids while they're young right and kind of you know, essentially brainwash them or tell them that the stuff is okay um, they're going to be less likely to, to you know critically think about it later on because kids don't critically think right? I mean that's a that's a skill that they start to learn later in adolescence and more into adulthood okay they say that this is going to save children from depression do the numbers add that up? <laughs> no, no, not at all. I mean, when you think about a, a lot of the children who say that they're trans or that they were born in the wrong gender, a lot of times they're going through mental health problems as well as, as gender identity issues. And simply changing your gender is not going to fix every other mental health problem that you have. And in fact, sometimes it actually makes it worse. 
um, especially when you think about kids and bullying and, you know, it, it's difficult to be the different kid in school. And so what I want to know is I, I want to know why we don't have therapists and psychologists tackling this at the root cause when they see mental health issues in addition to gender, gender identity issues is let's talk about the depression and the anxiety that's actually underlying this and why they don't feel comfortable in their own skin, how they can cope with this until they're actually of age to make this incredibly huge decision on their own. Well, the problem I see it, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, is they are tackling it. They're pushing it. And it's one thing if it's some nutball sociology professor at college pushing this on your kids. This stuff is coming from doctors, from, from people who are highly educated psychologists, somebody with a million different degrees, a lot more than I have. They're the ones pushing this on kids. How does that happen? They understand chemical balances and things like that. Well, look at the professional organizations that a lot of these doctors belong to. Um, they're the ones that are that are essentially pushing out this type of policy and guidelines on practice without really relying on the science. Um, the American Psychological Association, for example, is, is one of those professional organizations. And I haven't been a member in years because um, they continue to put politics and, you know, ahead of science pretty consistently. And that's where a lot of doctors are getting their practice guidelines from. Um, instead of relying exactly on what the literature says, which is exactly what individuals who are practicing within science should be doing. Catherine, explain this to me. Uh, the parents involved. The parents always seem to be not, I mean, I understand some of this happens behind parents' back, but they appear to be intimately involved lots of times. As a parent, why would you want that for your child? Well, I think that a lot of times parents really want to be more of a friend than a parent. Um, and they're thinking of what, what can I do right now to make my kid feel better? And that, you know, the, the road to hell is always paved with good intentions, right? And their, their intentions are good in that moment because, of course, you want your kid to be happy and to feel good. Um, but a lot of times we're not thinking about the long-term consequences. You know, we've heard horror stories of, you know, kids who decide to transition you know, as a child or as an adolescent and completely regretting it and wanting to detransition later as an adult. And then what, how do you feel about what your parents, you know, allowed you to go through? You know, there's a reason, for example, that the drinking age is 21 and that has to do with adolescent brain development. There's a reason that parents are in charge of most medical decision making for their kids because kids just lack the capacity to make well thought out decisions that involve a lot of forethought. Um, and we really need to be talking with parents about what the consequences are going to look like long term. Okay, that speaking of long term, our COVID response was insane. Uh, it was easy to see how this was going to hurt kids. And now we have all these studies, new one just came out from Florida State. It's crushing kids, crushing them. It's horrible. I mean, I, this was this was predictable, therefore it was preventable. Um, and there has, I mean, I've been speaking out about it since COVID first started. There's, there's a huge problem. When we took kids out of schools, when we took them, you know, away from their friends and social learning abilities, there's, there's a huge, huge issue. And what we've seen too is that it's impacted their reading comprehension, their uh, verbal capabilities, um, their ability to socialize and have good social skills with their friends. And this is going to have long-term consequences. We're going to see that as the years go on, that they um, have difficulty with, you know, testing in school, difficulty making friends as they enter the workplace. What's this going to look like as far as their ability to prepare for job interviews, 
um, and to interact with supervisors and colleagues to deal with, you know, just minor conflict in the workplace. And we're going to see this for years to come. School shootings. What's the psychology of school shootings? Why is this happening? It, it's difficult. Um, I think that I don't know that there's a good answer for why we continue to see school shootings. Um, I think that over time we've seen a desensitization towards violence as a culture. You know, go ahead and take a look at a movie that was rated R back in the 1970s. Um, let's say The Godfather, for example. Um, you'll see The Godfather now on like a family channel. And it's not because the movie has changed at all. It's because as a society, we've changed and we've continued to allow violence um, as a norm into our culture. And we see it in the movies. We see it in video games. Kids are subject to witnessing violence in all sorts of different mediums at a young age. Um, they're le they learn that it's an effective way to solve problems. So we have that. Um, there's certainly a contagion effect when we when it comes to school shootings. Uh, we know this based on research after Columbine, for example, that um, a lot of times school shooters, for example, will try to compare themselves to the Columbine shooters. They'll research them. They'll read manifestos of other school shooters. Oftentimes, they'll have the uh, the goal of having a higher body count, um, and it's it's a way for them to make a name for themselves. Um, and we also have a culture where we don't tell people no. And what happens when kids don't hear no growing up is that eventually they will, and they start to build this perceived injustice that people are actually against them rather than that this is a normal thing in society. Catherine, thank you so much. Come back soon. Absolutely, anytime. We'll be back. attention that the district intends to teach transgenderism to children under the age of 10 without parental consent. If I were to teach your child about my sexuality without your consent or involvement, I'd be arrested. But when the school district does it, it's education. Districts are teaching transgenderism when they should be teaching science, math, and language. Instead, Teachers are hiding student pronouns from their parents under the guise of gender affirmation. Can you imagine the uproar if schools were evangelizing or baptizing children without parental consent? Isn't that sort of what you're doing? You don't tuck these children in at night. You don't teach them to stand up to bullies. You don't pay their medical bills. And you certainly don't hold their hands in the hospital. These parents do. Simple truths based in science need to be upheld for our society to flourish. The gross indoctrination we're seeing is creating a lifetime of medication and hormones because you can't simply pause puberty. Men cannot become women and sex chromosomes are encoded into the fabric of our DNA. Simply affirming a teenager's gender is akin to affirming anorexia. Both are body dysmorphic disorders, yet we don't teach the starving teenagers how to binge and purge or affirm that they are indeed overweight. However, school districts, including yours, seem to have no issue secretly teaching girls that they can be boys because they feel uncomfortable in their bodies. A grown adult woman can't get a hysterectomy without extensive medical forms and doctor's visits. But Dr. Safir over the hill in Sherman Oaks is willing to do top and bottom surgery, sterilizing children for life. Parents must be a part of the education process when teaching sexuality to students, and it definitely doesn't need to happen under the age of 10 years old.
is that hateful bigot? Joining me now, Mario Presence, West Coast Regional Leader for Gays Against Groomers, and my friend Kira Davis, Editor-at-Large Red State and running for school board in Orange County. Mario, what are, what are you, men can't become women? What are you talking about? You know, I was a student of science. I studied actual biology, organic chemistry, and I studied genetics in college and university. And that's something I learned, is that you can't change your DNA no matter what they say you can't change your skeletal structure. So the idea that men can become women is truly anti-science. So I was approached by Gays Against Groomers to say, hey, can you be a voice? And I said, absolutely. I've been on the ground. I've been speaking at city council meetings and school board meetings already for a while. So this is just the next incarnation. So I decided to give them a piece of my mind. Kira, why would a man even try to become a woman when be being a man is so much better? I, I actually agree. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Plus, you can pee standing up. Like, you can pee anywhere. It's not a big deal, which is amazing to me. So, yeah, I know. It's a bit, it's silly, but also, I think on a more serious note, the question we would ask would be, why wouldn't we want our girls to be proud of being girls? Why wouldn't we want our women to feel comfortable being women um, and why wouldn't we particularly I mean just to kind of piggy up back off of Mario's uh, associations and, and comments you know why wouldn't we be okay with our girls being comfortable in their sexuality you know instead of trying to push them into something that requires major cosmetic change but at the end of the day as Mario so wonderfully and beautifully put it Nobody loves your child the way you do. And none of these people tuck them in at night. And what we are talking about, yes, involves a dangerous ideology, but it also involves this intentional separation of parents from their children. And that the, that is going on across the board, whether it comes to sexual identity issues or mandate issues, even curriculum issues. Everything these days in the public sphere seems to be designed to separate parents from their children. And that's not only inexcusable, it's dangerous for the moral fabric of society, but also for our security. You know, we're actually going to get back to the school portion of this in just a moment. I want to ask Mario this about something Kira just said, because it, it occurs to me sometimes. I, I'm a father. I have two kids. And I know you're going to find this shocking, both of you, but I do have some flaws. I, I know you can't see them, but I have, I have flaws. And as a father, <laughs> I look at my sons, and what scares me most is that I'll give them to them. Like, I don't want them to have things that are, that are wrong with me. I want them to have it better, right? So I don't understand these parents who maybe they're going through something crazy or maybe they've been indoctrinated. Okay, whatever the case may be, but when you're a parent taking your daughter in to get her breasts cut off, what's wrong with you? What happened? Explain it to me, Mario. I can't, I can't explain it. Uh, honestly, uh, we as Gays Against Groomers are trying to get our fingers into as much information as we possibly can, and we're coming up with parents saying, I took my child for their second round of hormone shots and the child is crying. The child is upset and doesn't want to do it. But I just calmed them down. You know, I'm so proud oh. of my brave little warrior and we're horrified at what we're finding. This is, what is it, Munchausen syndrome by proxy. These people who mm -hmm. want a special child and they'll do anything, including 
medically transition their children to have a special child. Oh my God, it's like grooming a poodle. I want my child to be a drag queen. I want my child to be different. When we should be teaching children that it's okay to just be yourself. Um, I'm gonna piggyback off of Kira and say, you know, one of our big mantras is save the tomboy. And no child is born in the wrong body because I come from, even before I was a Gays Against Groomers, I come from the gay rodeo circuit where the girls are riding bulls side by side with the boys and the boys are riding barrels just like the girls. And so there is no saying that you have a gender, you have to do this. And that I think is pigeonholing people and we're medicalizing them. Just because a girl likes to play with bugs or climb trees, that doesn't make her a boy. That makes her a girl that likes do different things just because a boy wants to twirl around and squawks with a swish that doesn't mean he wants to be a girl he may just be a feminine boy he may just be a, a gay boy he may just be a straight man who has a little more femininity i have those friends who are male who have children who have families and when you talk to them you go are you gay but no, you're straight. Okay, that's cool. You have to accept people the way that they are and not pigeonhole them or push them into something that maybe they're not ready for, especially children. Yeah, plus those tomboy chicks end up being less annoying than the other ones, which is a nice benefit. Kira, you mentioned the schools want to separate parents from their kids. You're obviously running for school board in Orange County. We're all rooting for you. We have been for some time now. I'm sure you're catching heat because of your platform. What's it like out there? It's brutal. <laughs> it's absolutely brutal. Um, I have spoken at school board meetings. Uh, we, we, a couple of national stories have broken in my district. One about the teacher who has a queer library in her classroom, which sounds, I guess, innocuous to many people, but in it was pornographic and sexually explicit materials. And parents oh. have been complaining about it for a long time, but it wasn't until Fox News broke the story that the school board and the school actually decided to go in and take the books out of the library. And then they tried to tell us that we were crazy for complaining about it and it wasn't a big deal, even though they took the books out because it was obviously a big deal when people noticed. And so I've been chastised by the entire sitting school board, uh, almost the entire sitting school board from the dais at their meetings pointing and singling out me as some kind of traitor because these stories are going viral and I happen to be a member of the media, but everyone forgets that I'm a parent. I'm not running as the deputy managing editor of Red State. I am running as Kira Davis, a parent of a, of a, a Capistrano Unified student and one Capistrano Unified graduate who is sick of being told that I don't have my child's best interest in mind and the state does sick of being told that I can't decide what goes into my child's body, sick of being told that I can't decide what is a healthy emotional development for my child, sick of being told that if I don't follow the line of thinking, follow this twisted, perverse type of thinking and ideology that has infected our public schools, that somehow I'm my child's enemy. No, these people are the enemy of our children. And we've been looking away so long because people like us just want to keep our heads down. We want to mind our business, go to school, come home, raise our families, and just be left alone. And in the meantime, these people were creeping in and creating division between us and, their ch and our children. No one loves my daughter more than I do. Nobody does. You can't tell me 
I don't care what she goes to school and tells you what she's going through or how she feels or if she feels alienated from her parents. Oh, uh, by the way, spoiler alert, every teenager feels alienated from their parents in some mm. way. Because when you're a teenager, your parents are dopey and they don't know anything. But there's not a single person in my school district who loves my daughter more than me. And every other parent feels that way. So that's why I'm running. I am running to return power to the parents so that we can resist some of this stuff. We need people like Mario out there on the front line standing for parents like me. And then we need people like me who are willing to put their own butts on the line and stand up and say, okay, I'm gonna do the hard work so that I'm one of the people who is in charge of, of what does and doesn't go into your, your uh, child's classroom. Mario, yeah, Kira, that's exactly guys, keep doing what you do. Go get them. That's exactly why Gays Against Groomers is starting. We want to support parents because these parents, when they go up there and they say, this is inappropriate for my child, my child was exposed to this literature, there's a law in 1982, Supreme Court case, that says if a book in the school's library or in the school classroom has sexually explicit material, by law, the Supreme Court, by the PICO versus Board of Education from 1982 said, you must remove that. No, children, teenage children, should not be exposed to sexual content. And if the school decides to leave that in there, they're giving an implicit endorsement. So we're gathering information and we're presenting this information. It just so happens that my name is Mario Presents and I'm using that, that, that name, that voice, that, that, that effort, that movement. But Gays Against Groomers is here to stand side by side with these parents because we're uncles too. We're aunts too. We have families. They'll tell me, oh, uncle of two, but hello, Latinos, we, we don't treat <laughs> pregnancy like an infection. We want to have children. We stand by our children, on our, by our families, and we will defend them. And this is the hill to die on. And when I speak Amen. up, I encourage and I want to see more parents speaking up because I, as I joke and I say, the unicorns have entered the field and we are going to be this magical force that's going to stop this, this these slings and arrows that are coming at these parents saying, you're transphobic, you're homophobic. And when a trans person stands up there and goes, no, they are not transphobic. No, this, this material needs to be treaded very carefully. This affirmation, this idea that you can just become whatever you want. That's very dangerous. It's very anti-science and, and anti-therapy because like I said in my speech, we're not going to treat anorexia with affirmation. We're not gonna say, yes, you are overweight. Yes, we're gonna start teaching you how to starve yourself. Yes, it's okay to skip a meal or two. And we're not gonna do that with obesity either. Oh yes, you are healthy at any age. Oh wait, but we are. So you see it and when you discuss it with people, all of a sudden their brains go, uh, I don't understand. That's what Gays Against Groomers is trying to do. We're trying to educate the public, arm the public, and be that protection for these children because that's really our future. If the world went gay, who's going to make kids? <laughs> Thank you both. I appreciate it. Come on back soon. Okay. All right. My buddy Mike joins us next. Dr. Kumar, can biological men become pregnant and give birth? Um, so men can have pregnancies, especially trans men? Uh, so, so can biological men 
become pregnant and give birth. So are you saying that a biological female who identifies as a man and therefore becomes pregnant is, quote, a man? Is that what you're saying? These questions about who can become pregnant are really missing the point. I feel old. I'm only 41 and I feel like the, I feel like the world just passed me by. Joining me now, my friend Mike Cernovich, author or created the film and book Hoaxed, which you really should see if you want to understand that whole sky is green thing, how they make you, they make you believe in a world that's not real. Go watch it. Mike, uh, okay, honestly, I really mean that, man. All this stuff makes me feel old. I feel like life was so normal, like 15 minutes ago, and then I woke up one day and grown men in Congress are having these discussions. Inflation also. I remember when I was a little kid, back when you had corner stores, the store owner would say, a nickel, you used to be you could get, you know, what, whatever candy for a, a penny, those hot dog bubble gums or candy cigarettes. And I'm like, whatever, old man. Oh, God, what's, what's it like to be? And he was old. He was in his 60s. And now I was I was driving home and I saw the gas and I go, wait a minute. Am I reading this right? Six dollars and eighty nine cents for gas again. Okay, and then when, you, of course, you see what the quote-unquote kids are into, I feel the same way. I'm 45, and I've been out of touch since I was your age, at least 41. I do not recognize this world. Uh, sadly, sadly, we can't just sign off on that. I know you're not. I'm not. Because we are dealing with children here. These people, it, it's not like it's some scumbag pervert on the street corner you have to keep your daughter away from. My problem is, Mike, these are our elected leaders. There are major medical associations, psychiatrists, school teachers. Every single major influence in our children's lives besides the parents, they're all signing on for this madness now. How did that happen? Slowly and then quickly, right? Remember the old joke, how, how do you go bankrupt? Two ways, gradually, then suddenly. It's very much <laughs> on these issues, right? It's the story of everybody. And the what I've noticed is that and political correctness has been around for a while, right? Jeremy Piven was in a movie in the 90s called Politically Correct University or PCU, and everybody kind of made fun of it and sort of tolerated it. And then I started to see the Women's Studies Department, the Afrocentric Studies Department rise up, and then you started to see them slowly displace the Philosophy Department. And then things went quiet until Occupy Wall Street. So my grand conspiracy theory is that Occupy Wall Street, even though it ended up being a pretty nasty thing at the end, started off as a legitimate populist movement, which is to say, hey, why are we bailing out the banks and not the people, right? Because everybody was doing shady things. I'm sure you know new people who were lying on their income, doing the, the ninja loans, they call them, no income verification loans. So it isn't like anybody was purely guilty, purely innocent, but you would say, well, why don't you give the money to people. If you're going to give away money, right, that's how I feel. That's why I threw a temper tantrum when the Senate, the GOP, was happy to lose a couple Senate seats because they didn't want to give $2,000 checks to people, right? Well, hey, we're going to give the money away anyway. We're going to give it to the banks. We're going to give it to Ukraine. We're burning money anyway. We're going to give it to people who come to the country illegally. Why don't we just give it to voters then, right? Because we, we have lost the fight over whether or not we're going to give money away. The money is going to be given away. It's only a matter of who's going to get it. So 
in Occupy Wall Street, the early iteration was, hey, if you're gonna give banks money, why don't you just give us money? And then suddenly Occupy Wall Street became a very woke movement. There was something called the progress. I went down this rabbit hole about five, no, longer than five years ago. And there, there was a whole taking over of it by the identity politics. So then what you realize is that if you're like, does Jamie Dillon, is he woke? He's not woke. There's no woke CEO at Goldman Sachs or Morgan Stanley or Bank of America, but they know that they can play that game with ESG and use it to, to keep getting rich and looting the country and everybody else is fighting over this other stuff and it's worked um, largely successfully. But the trans kid thing, I gotta be careful. I gotta be careful how I word this. So I'm gonna be paused a little bit because I don't want to get canceled, but there is a type of parent, I won't identify whether it's mom or dad, who is narcissistic and often abuses their child, Munchausen, for attention. We, we've all we've all known this types. And the best way to get attention if you're mediocre is to say, oh, my kid is LGBTQ. And now you have something to talk about on social media. You have something to post about on Facebook and you have a new fake enemy to fight, which is everyone who denies that your three-year-old is a unique, special LGBTQ already at three, even though you have two boys, I have a five and a half year old, a three and a half year old, a four month old. They're, they're, they don't know, they don't have a conception of, of such matters. So that is a different issue altogether. And that resulted from largely dads not taking a strong parenting role with their children, right? I mean, let's just be honest, right? If you're a dad who's involved with your kids and you see something wrong with your kid, you're gonna be like, is your mom making you sick? Is there Munchausen going on here? Like, what's going on here? Something, something's not right. And men have largely abandoned their role as the protector of their own children, which is another question, because that's why people say, oh, it's misogynistic to criticize moms. But well, no, this is all entangled. This is all part of the same issue. And then now you have a unique, special, cool kid, and you can go on Facebook and you can go on all the blogs and talk about how great your kid is. So that is another issue arising out of the current state of affairs. Mike, maybe you disagree with me on this, but I've been, I've been trying to tell people, because I feel like things have gotten so crazy so fast and they see, you know, you're cutting off the penis of 16 year old boys. That's, that's such a shock to people. I think people are under the impression that this is some kind of bottom that we've hit a bottom, that it, that it can't get worse from here. I mean, that's the lowest of the low. And what I've been trying to explain to people is you're not dealing with, uh, uh, you know, right and wrong. You're dealing with evil. There are demonic forces at work here. I don't care whether you believe it or not. There are, and there's no bottom. Demons don't hit a bottom, right? It's an endless black hole of evil that doesn't stop until it's stopped. Where is this thing going, Mike? Yeah, it's only going to get worse. I've been saying that for a while. They're not taking your kids yet from you because you won't give them puberty blockers. There are a couple rare cases and a child custody dispute. I think one was in Chicago. It's kind of happening a little bit, but we're going to reach an era not too far away. It's only a matter of what is it going to be next year or five years or three years where if your kid tells a teacher, hey, I, I think I'm a little girl today. I'm a, I'm a girl today then your teacher is gonna say, oh, you're trans 
and your parents aren't giving you puberty blockers, they're going to take your kids away. That, that's just, just going to happen. That's not even, to me, I'm sure that people listening to this would be like, oh, well, if they did that, if they did that you're not going to do anything. You're not going to do anything, right? They learned during the COVID lockdowns, people aren't going to do anything. You're going to let them take your kids. You just, you just, no, I will never. You, you, you are. You are. You are. Just like if you have a vaccine passport, just like the lockdowns that lasted two years longer than, you know, even if you should have had a couple weeks, we're talking about, you know, mid 2020, we're still doing it. We're talking about you wouldn't go to a funeral for your dead grandpa, but then John Lewis can have five funerals and St. George Floyd can have 50 funerals and suddenly it's different. So we're, we're not even close to the bottom. Conservatives aren't being marched off yet in the gulags. They still are finding legally pretextual ways to do it, like when they raid James O'Keefe. Well, technically a crime maybe was committed, the diary. You can kind of at least rationalize it, even though it's wrong, it's evil what they're doing. But before long, they're just, they're just gonna take you away and you're gonna vanish in the night. That's what happened in the Soviet Union. You would put your clothing on knowing you'd wear full clothes, you wouldn't wear pajamas because when they just took you away, kicked down your door and took you away at night, you want to have warm clothes on at least. That, that'll that be what's going to be ushered into America. He's not wrong. Pay attention. Mike, thank you, my brother. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Thank you. All right. As you can imagine, I have some final thoughts. And I didn't say that to scare you. And I know Mike didn't say that to scare you. I said that because we all have to be awake. We have to be awake to where this is going. And people will pin their hopes on things like midterm elections. Midterm elections won't do anything to stop this kind of evil in it going down and down and down. We either get active locally and fortify our states and our local places, or this stuff is coming. All right, final thoughts, next. Remember this, they are very purposeful with going after your kids. I use that word a lot because we, we try to convince ourselves sometimes that this is a one-off, it's this teacher here, it's this doctor there, all oh, this must have been an accident. It is one of the base tenets of the communist religion that they must capture your children. They wake up in the day. You wake up in the day and you're focused on your kids, right? I want, to, I want to get them ready for school and teach them my values and make sure they're good to go. That's how you wake up. You better understand they wake up across the street also thinking about your kids. They think about your kids. They see you and you teaching them values and respect and, and having a grateful heart and they're disgusted by it. And they are very, very purposeful, uh, purposeful about looking at your house and figuring out a way they can drive a wedge in there between you and your children purposeful they are all right all right we'll do it again each morning the president of the united states receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country it's called the president's daily brief or pdb it's delivered by america's spies and analysts well now you can hear your very own pdb in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country. 
giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, it's your favorite throwback podcast hosts, Jessica Bennett and Susie Banacaram, here to announce a new season of our show in retrospect which means a whole new batch of episodes diving into the pop culture moments we love and love to pick apart. From the dethroning of the first black Miss America to the legacy of a lesbian joke from four Kaftan-loving Golden Girls. Listen to In Retrospect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.